the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's churchescare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. 
Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is spirituality. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about the psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research it. Based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize and neither of us have any particular knowledge of spirituality or of religion. If we misstated anything, we apologize. Spirituality seems to have a wide range of definitions, including a formal religion, a science, or a philosophy. Possibly, belief in a separate non-physical reality is a useful generalization. The definition cannot go beyond a belief because to have knowledge of a non-physical reality would mean to be in that reality. This is sounding like philosophy. Those who claim to be able to contact a non-physical reality are in a different, difficult position to prove their ability because being in a physical reality requires physical proof. Because psychics, including mediums, typically provide interpretation of what they are perceiving, inevitably information is going to be lost or mistranslated. Nobody, however gifted, is going to be perfect. What is the current level of interest in spirituality? Let's look at data produced by the Pew Research Center, published in 2017, showing trends from 2012 to 2017 in the United States. Here's an excerpt from that publication. Quote, about a quarter of U.S. adults, 27%, now say they think of themselves as spiritual, but not religious, up eight percentage points in five years, according to a Pew Research Center survey conducted between April the 25th and June the 4th this year. This growth has been broad-based and has occurred among men, men, women, whites, blacks, and Hispanics, people of many different ages and education levels, and among Republicans and Democrats. For instance, the share of whites who identify as spiritual but not religious has grown by eight percentage points in the, in the past five years. To be clear, the survey did not directly ask respondents whether the label spiritual but not religious describes them. Instead, it it asks two separate questions. Do you think of yourself as a religious person or not? 
and do you think of yourself as a spiritual person or not? The results presented here are the product of combining responses to those two questions, unquote. There's a portion of the population who identify as religious and spiritual, which has fallen from 59% to 48% from 2012 to 2017. The article overall interprets the data as spiritualism growing at the expense of religion. 27% of people thinking of themselves as being spiritual but not religious is surprising, but there still is quite an overlap between religion and spiritualism. Religion encompasses the idea of the existence of God, uh, of a God or gods, which inevitably involves a non-physical reality. So there should be no surprise that there is this overlap. The Pew survey defines spiritualism as not being a form of religion, but there is a history of spiritualism considered as a form of religion, which implies organization and structure. Briefly, what is the history of spiritualism as a religion? Let's look at the United States and the National Spiritualist Association of Churches, NSA, which is operating today and has a long history. Wikipedia provides background. Quote, the NSAC was formed in, as the National Spiritual Association of the United States of America, NSA, in September 1893, during a three-day convention in Chicago, Illinois. Although American spiritualists have previously tended to resist institutional or denominational organization, early NSA leaders hoped organization would help promote the truths of the religion, both spiritually and practically. Organization could help non-spiritualists distinguish genuine mediumship from rapidly proliferating varieties of fraudulent mediumship, increasing communication among spiritualists, preventing the legal prosecu prosecution of spirit mediums under fortune-telling and medical licensing laws, and counter-attacks by orthodox ministers in the press. To these reasons, early leaders added the material support of spirit mediums and healers, just as other religious groups provided for the support of their clergy." Unquote. Being organized, there must be a set of core beliefs that provide for a common ground for members. The NSAC declares its principles as follows. One, we believe in infinite intelligence. Two, we believe that the phenomena of nature, both physical and spiritual, are the expression of infinite intelligence. Three, we affirm that a correct understanding of such expression and living in accordance therewith constitute true religion. We affirm that existence and personal identity of the individual continue after the change called death. Five, we affirm that communication with the so-called dead is in fact scientifically proven by the phenomena of spiritualism. Six, we believe that the highest morality is contained in the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Seven, we affirm the moral responsibility of individuals and that we make our own happiness or unhappiness as we obey or disobey nature's physical and spiritual laws. Eight, we affirm that the doorway to reformation is never closed against any soul here or hereafter. Nine, we affirm that the precepts of prophecy and healing are divine attributes proven through mediumship. Unquote. So something must have happened to spark an interest in spiritualism before the convention in Chicago in 1893. It apparently started with the Fox sisters, but was controversial, as Wikipedia explains. Quote, 
The Fox sisters were three sisters from New York who played an important role in the creation of spiritualism. Lee, 1814 to 1890, Margareta, also called Maggie, 1833 to 1893, and Catherine, also called Kate Fox, 1837 to 1892. The two young, younger sisters used wrappings to convince their older sister and others that they were communicating with spirits. The older spirit then, the older sister, I'm sorry, then took charge of them and managed their careers for some time. They all enjoyed success as mediums for many years. In 1888, Margareta confessed that their wrappings had been a hoax and publicly demonstrated their method. Margareta attempted to recount her confession the next year, but the reputation was ruined and in, a few, in, few, and in fewer than five years, they were all dead, with Margareta and Kate dying in abject poverty. Despite their confession, the spiritualism movement continued to grow in popularity, unquote. The word, sorry, the word wrappings seems a little old-fashioned. Wrappings could be thought of as tapping or knocking sounds. The seance with unexplained noises coming from the beyond is the usual stereotype for fake mediums in old movies and old television shows. But in recent years, mediums and spiritual healers appearing on television without these strange knocking sounds has became mainstream. Going back to the Pew Research Survey, maybe that is a factor in the reported increase in spiritual belief. Bridging non-physical reality with the, with the physical reality by making knocking sounds doesn't seem to make sense, but would fit in with 19th century technology. But if you believe in a non-physical reality, how is it separated from the physical reality? There are multiple sources that describe the separation. Saint Germain, who lived in the 18th century, seems to have the ideas that fit with some modern beliefs, especially those described as New Age. Most sources explain the purposes of the separation rather than the nature of the separation. It's still a matter of belief, not science. Until there are instruments that can measure what are currently classified as non-physical phenomenon, there's not going to be any tangible proof. But what were Saint Germain's description of this separation? I found Jane Halliwell's website. Apparently, she directly channels Saint Germain, who she describes as, a, as an ascended master. Saint Germain is supposed to have lived for centuries while always appearing to be around 45 years old. What is an ascended master? Wikipedia includes the following, quote, Ascended masters are believed to be individuals who have lived in, in physical bodies, acquired the wisdom and mastery needed to become immortal, and free of the cycles of re-embodiment and karma, and have obtained their ascension, the sixth initiation, unquote. The sixth initiation and others are defined by theosophy, a religion partially based on Eastern religions established in the United States in the 18th century. So in simple terms, an ascended master does not have to reincarnate, having attained sufficient wisdom. What has Jane Holloway channeled from St. Germain regarding the separation between the physical and the spiritual world? I think we'll have to address that after the break, Justine. Yes, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. Path Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried-and-true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing about Jean Hallowell and her channeling St. Germain. Dad, can you please continue? Yes, here's an extract from her blog. Quote, I've been asked the question many times, is there a veil between the physical and spiritual worlds, or is this an illusion, or should we call it a vibration? St. Germain said this word veil is often used to define the crossroads between spirit and matter. 
This comes from past experiences when human beings perceived a white substance in relation to spirit contact. The word veil was created at that time. He was referring to the early spiritualists who called in their spirits by asking questions and waiting for the table to move, creating a tapping sound. One tap may have been a yes and two taps a no. Often it was reported that a cloudy form showed up during these sessions. Saint Germain continued to say, there is no such thing as veil, however. There is a shift in energy between heavy physical matter and a lighter spiritual universe. To, to access the higher energies here, one must have assistance. He means the spiritual world has to assist. He continued, as we work together, the veil becomes energetically active. The elements become active, and as the master comes closer, to the energies transcend matter, opening up a channel for communication. As you feel yourself lifting up and hearing the high-pitched sound of eternity, I reach down to you, unquote. That's really interesting. Is there more from her blog? Yes, apparently it's about energy rather than some kind of barrier. Quote, he continues to say there is a seamless and integrated mixture of physical and spiritual vibrations. He said the energy of the God present hovers at a level of 50 feet above you. Some souls have integrated these elements with their own but most do not know there exists a boundary between physical matter and spirit. I asked him to explain what he means by elements. He said this, the elements are electrical energy. There is friction created between slow and rapidly moving particles. It is a natural process. He reminded me that everything is energy. He continued to say, together we meet at the point of separation between matter and spirit. Jane, so the veil is really an illusion. Saint Germain said, Yes, indeed, but illusions are helpful to souls who need a thought form to hold on to. For, for you, this is not necessary. We come together without a thought of any barrier, unquote. So there may be only a point of separation between matter and spirit. I wonder why that is only now coming out in the open. I don't think we're going to find a source that will explain that to why spirituality might have been suppressed. But it should be much harder to control populations that believe in a more than the physical reality. So being more spiritual might mean thinking more independently and perhaps being less influenced by others. But what are the benefits resulting from being more spiritual? There are a lot of sources to look at, but an article from Psychology Today written in 2013 by Ryan T. Howell, PhD, includes five benefits. Spiritualism, a search for something sacred, is an increasingly important topic for people today. Individuals approach the realm of spirituality through religion, meditation, yoga, and even personal reflection. In a recent study conducted in my lab, we investigated the personal and societal beliefs, but sorry, benefits of spiritualism by examining participants' responses to over 30 surveys. Here are the top five characteristics of spiritual people. Spiritual people are gracious. Psychology has demonstrated that expressing gratitude is associated with many positive emotions, such as optimism, being generous with time and resources and overall vitality. Spirituality encourages people to be positive, which may be expressed in many, in many of these life practices. Spiritual people are compassionate. Experiencing compassion towards others is one of the strongest correlates with living a spiritual life. A variety of positive or pro-social emotions of strong links to spiritualism, including allowing one to feel good about the little things in life 
and look at the world through empathetic eyes. Spiritual people flourish. Spirituality is linked to many important aspects of human functioning. Spiritual people have positive relationships, high self-esteem, are optimistic and have meaning and purpose in life. Spiritual people self-actualize. Spiritual individuals strive towards a better life and consider personal growth and fulfillment a central goal. Spirituality can be considered to be a path towards self-actualization because it requires people to focus on their internal values and work on becoming a better individual. Spiritual people take time to savor life experiences. Individuals who value spirituality take time to reflect on their daily activities and ultimately build lasting memories of their experiences. Because spiritual people are more conscious of small daily activities, they experience positive emotions associated with the smaller pleasures in life, unquote. That suggests that activities like meditation have a positive effect on the brain. The Psych Central website includes the following psychological effects. Quote, research has shown that there are several ways that meditation can change the brain structure and function. Enlarges the prefrontal cortex. This area of the brain is responsible for rational decision making. Studies have shown that the meditation increases gray matter, brain cells in this region. Shrinks the amygdala. Sorry. The amygdala is a key brain structure known as the emotional fear center of the brain. Smaller amygdala found in more mindful people are associated with greater emotional control. Thickens the hippocampus. The hippocampus is key for learning and memory. Just a few weeks of mindfulness meditation practice increase the size of, of this brain region. Increasing overall gray matter. Gray matter brain cells bodies important for processing power and link, link to intelligent, intelligence seems to increase with meditation training. Enhances high amplitude gamma brainwave activity. High frequency gamma waves correlate with states of heightened awareness and bliss. Long term meditators have shown to have more gamma wave activity both before and during meditation. It is important to know that it can take many years to produce these more permanent changes in the brain structure. Unquote. I am sure if you are in business, spirituality can make for less stress and more product- productivity. Celebrity, celebrity Oprah Winfrey, for example, has a daily practice. She starts the day with thoughts of gratitude. There are claims that companies with spiritual values perform better and have more fulfilled employees. You mentioned theosophy being partially based on Eastern religions. Which are they and what were their spiritual teachings? Those included in Hinduism and Buddhism. There are apparently nine beliefs in Hinduism as described by the Himalayan Academy. These are as follows. One, Hindus believe in one all-pervasive supreme being who in both immanent and transcendent, both creator and unmanifest reality. Hindus believe in the divinity of the four Vedas, the world's most ancient scripture, and venerate the Agamas as equally revealed. These primordial hymns are God's words and the bedrock of Sanatana Dharma, the eternal religion. Three, Hindus believe that the universe undergoes endless cycles of creation, preservation, and dissolution. Four, 
Hindus believe in karma, the law of cause and effect, by which each individual creates his own destiny by his thoughts, words and deeds. 5. Hindus believe that the soul reincarnates, evolving through many births until all karmas have been resolved, and moshka, liberation from the cycle of rebirth, is attained. Not a single soul will be deprived of this destiny. 6. Hindus believe that divine beings exist in unseen worlds and that temple worship, rituals, sacraments and personal devotionals create a communication with these divas and gods. 7. Hindus believe that an enlightened master an, an enlightened master or Satguru is essential to know the transcendent absolute as are personal discipline, good conduct, purification, pilgrimage, self-inquiry, meditation and surrendering God. 8. Hindus believe that all life is sacred to be loved and revered and therefore practice ahimasa, non-injury in thought, word and deed. 9. Hindus believe that no religion teaches the only way to salvation above all others, but that all genuine paths are facets of God's light, deserving tolerance and understanding. Unquote. Unmanifest means unexplainable in our reality. Immanent and transcendent mean inherent and divine. Reincarnation in divine beings existing in unseen worlds provides for a strong spiritual foundation. But what are the beliefs of Buddhism? The IMB website provides a summary. Quote, the Buddha's aim was to escape suffering and to be released from the cycle of rebirth. Buddhists today have the same goal. When a Buddhist reaches a transcendent level of enlightenment, most often achieved through dedicated meditation, a Buddhist has achieved nirvana, an eternal state of perfect peace, happiness and enlightenment. Buddhists believe that the process of being reborn and over and over is determined by the fruits of their karma, their deeds and actions in the pre present life. Their deeds can help tip the balance of karma in their favor by making merit. Making merit or earning good karma is achieved through acts such as visiting a temple, making donations to a monk, or repeating chants to cleanse the mind from worldly desires. At the core of, of the Buddha's Dharma, his collective teachings are the four noble truths. One. Suffering exists. Two, desire is the cause of suffering. Three, there is freedom from suffering. Four, the eightfold, eightfold path is the way to gain freedom from suffering. But I think we'll have to continue this after the break. Yes, we'll continue after the short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. 
As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships, not only love, but work, school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com, $1.50 per minute, paid by credit card, with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, Dad, you were quoting from the IMB website about Buddhism. Can you please continue with the quote? Yes, we were talking about the Eightfold Path. So I'll continue. Quote, the Eightfold Path comprises eight ways of living that will help a Buddhist reach nirvana. Right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Basically, the more you can make yourself right, the better chance you have of escaping rebirth. Unquote. Escaping rebirth is similar to Hindu belief of resolving all karmas and would be equivalent to becoming an ascended master. But having an increasing population on the planet would suggest that these beliefs are unfounded. How can there be souls ending the rebirth cycle while the population keeps going up? Yes, an unexpected source, the London Guardian newspaper, asked that question October 2011. Quote, the Buddhist doctrine of rebirth, and this is where you'll probably part company with a lot of people, proposes that this extends beyond our current lifespan on this planet. Consciousness is seen as un unbound by bodily form, and so so will re-emerge in other aggregations, even in other worlds. 
in this scenario there were in this scenario there would be no reason why the number of people on earth has to remain constant and several explanations for population growth arise one like previously expressed in other forms animals or insects say might now be taking human birth two there could be an influx of energy from other planets realms universes a kind of cosmic migration three Human consciousness could manifest as a greater number of people than it did before. It's a bit like waves in the sea. Different numbers and types of wave arise and dissolve depending on the weather conditions and the flow of water. Unquote. I wonder how many in the West believe in reincarnation. According to America Magazine in an October 2015 article, a significant number. Quote, According to data released by the Pew Foreman Forum, on religion and public life 2009 survey not only do a quarter of americans believe in reincarnation but 24 percent of american christians express belief in reincarnation this represents a significant deviation from the traditional judeo-christian narrative with, with which most americans in the baby boomer generation grew, grew up with you were you were born you lived you died and after a judgment you were went to heaven or hell forever the word reincarnation derives from Latin and literally means entering the flesh again. The conviction is that an imperishable principle, soul, exists in every human being and comes back to, on this earth after death in, in a new form. The fate of every person in this life and in future lives is determined by the consequences of good or bad actions in the past or present. Karma. Unquote. Those seem to be surprising numbers, but it's time for the first question. Is belief in a separate non-physical reality a useful definition of spirituality? Yes. Is it true that psychics, including mediums, typically provide interpretation of what they are perceiving, with inevitably some information being lost or misstated? That could be sad, yes. Can it be stated that in 2017, 27% of adults in the United States thought of themselves as spiritual but not religious? Yes. Why has spiritualism been separate from religion, especially in the West, but not in the East? Basically because it is thought that more spiritualism is not related to an organized group of people, so more that the more spiritual people are more alone in their beliefs and don't share a common belief. How can people in the United States think of themselves as religious as well as spiritual when religion in the West rather excludes spiritualism? It's a fine line, since again, the definitions can be very vague. So some people think they're spiritual, for example, if they own a couple of crystals versus the actual definition. So for each person, the definition widely varies. Is spiritualism growing at the expense of religion in the United States? Yes, again, for most people, it's one or the other. Why would the American National Spiritualist Association, as originally founded, resist institutional or denominational organization? Basically, since there is this negative association with more organized religion, so not having the stigma associated with especially some of the considered more judgmental organized religion groups. Why would the American National Spiritualist Association originally have to prevent a legal prosecution of spirit, spirit mediums under fortune-telling and medical licensing laws as well as counterattacks by orthodox ministers in the press. 
basically when someone is believing in anything there's always going to be the other side where people believe it's not right so this is just part of it regarding spiritualist principles is there infinite intelligence again that's for one individual to decide or not so it really depends on the person are the phenomena of nature both physical and spiritual the expression of infinite intelligence again that's the belief that some people hold yes does the existence of personal identity of the individual continue after the change called death? Again, that's perspective for each person, but there are many people who believe that there is some sort of afterlife, reincarnation, or a mix of both. Can communication with the so-called dead be scientifically proven by the phenomena of spiritualism? Not yet, no. The tools are not available yet. Is the highest morality contained in the Golden Rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Again, that's an opinion statement. So it depends on the individual person. But that is a good rule to live by. Do we make our own happiness or unhappiness as we obey or disobey nature's physical and spiritual laws? You can say that there is something that if you do something good, something good might come back to you. Or if you do something bad, something bad might happen to you. However, it's more complicated than that. So it's a very black and white statement where there's more shades of gray about how it actually works. Is the doorway to reformation never closed against any soul here or hereafter? That's more the concept of the oneness where every soul is intertwined and overall everything is connected. So the answer again cannot be straightforward yes or no, but some people strongly believe in the oneness of the universe. Why did the two younger Fox sisters use rappings or knocking sounds to convince their older sister and others that they were communicating with spirits? Basically, that it was just the means that they believed was right. Were the Fox sisters at all, at all successful in communicating with spirits? There are some positive attempts made, yes. In 1888, why did one of the sisters, Margareta, confess that their rappings had been a hoax? or publicly demonstrating their method? Because most of it was false, so they were trying to trick people. Even though they were successful, they felt the need to trick people. Yes, since it wasn't something they could keep recreating. So they had a few more successful attempts behind the scenes, but felt they needed this more physical way to show people, and that tricked people. Despite the confession, how did spiritualism continue to grow in popularity? Since this is not a well-known story, so the connection is often not made between them and spirituality and spiritualism. In recent years, how have mediums and spiritual healers become mainstream by appearing on television shows? Basically, there's just more acceptance overall and also this curiosity. So with television in general, when something's different or strange, people watch it since they're interested in something different than themselves. Have popular television shows increased spiritual belief? Yes and no. It's more individual experience that really increases the spiritual belief, but it is also that there's more acceptance overall. So these television shows encourage people to speak up. What advice would you give to someone viewing a television show with a medium or spiritual healer? Follow your instincts. So if it seems fake, seems like something that is a little bit off, follow that instinct. So in a lot of cases, it's not that everything is either faked or real. It is usually a mixture of both. So make sure you remember that. 
Why do most sources explain the purposes of the separation between physical and non-physical reality rather than the nature of the, that separation? Again, that's a very complex question, but just how society has passed it down. So the physical is the physical, the spiritual or non-physical is totally separate. So society just created this more social norm versus more Eastern cultures where they're all one. Did the term veil is often used to define the crossroads between spirit and matter arise from experiences when individuals perceived a white substance in relation to spirit contact? That could be said, yes. And again, it became more mainstream, where the term veil was just used as more of a visual representation of something that cannot be seen. Is the nature of separation a shift in energy between heavy physical matter and the lighter spirit, spiritual universe with its higher energy? It's a lot more complicated than that. What else can you say besides that is an oversimplification? It has a lot more to do with that than just energy. There's a lot more involved in it. Is an ascended master, an individual who has lived in a physical body, having acquired the wisdom and mastery needed not to have, not to, have to reincarnate? Again, it depends by whose definition you go by, but that is the more accepted definition, yes. Is there any basis for the sixth initiation and other levels as defined by theosophy? Again, it depends on what people want to follow. So if they are drawn to this, then yes, that's what they should believe in, as long as they feel like it's really what, in their heart, they want to follow. Don't think we've got time for another question before the break, so can you take us into the break, Justina? Yes, we'll continue after this break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. What happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. 
As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. GeneX provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Ancients knew what we have forgotten. In order to be empowered by nature, one must be aligned with the way life works. We've become increasingly disconnected from the earth and her cycles to our extreme detriment. The medicine wheel ceremony is an ancient rite practiced by shaman worldwide to recalibrate their people with the powers of the universe. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, at the Galactic Shamanism Retreat this spring equinox, March 18th through the 22nd, in the beautiful Colorado mountains. During this life-changing three-day medicine wheel training, you'll learn to build and maintain your own cross-cultural shamanic medicine wheel to promote manifestation, health, and personal power. Empower yourself with the wisdom of the ancients. Contact Touch In at findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we're going through the questions and psychic insight about spirituality. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? What advice can you give regarding Jane Halliwell channeling St. Germain? Again, it's up to people if they want to believe the information or not. And just be very skeptical, since there are many fakes out there, that they will channel very famous people or ancient figures. And a lot of the time, it is not true. Did St. Germain live for centuries, always appearing to be around 45 years old? That's correct, yes. How did he do that? Basically, you can think of it as one of the more wonders of not being fully human, you could say. Does a seamless and integrated mixture of physical and spiritual vibrations exist? Yes. Do most souls not know that the boundary exists between physical matter and spirit? Yes and no. It really, again, depends on each soul's personal journey, but for the most part, they are completely aware. You have probably already answered this, but is everything energy with no real barrier between the physical and non-physical world? Again, more complicated than energy, but there is no barrier. Why is the nature of the separation between the physical and non-physical worlds only now becoming an open discussion? Again, people are changing their view, but in ancient times, this was already discussed. So there are cycles of discussion, then more organized and concrete beliefs, and it's a cycle. Is it harder for those with power to control populations who believe them in, in more than the physical reality? Not exactly, no. Is spirituality going to achieve a more individualistic mindset within society compared with the mindset of society as a whole? Spirituality in general does allow for more individual thinking and deciding more about your beliefs yourself. So again, there's not good or bad in what someone believes in, but there's a lot more focus on individual thought. 
Are people with spiritual beliefs generally more gracious along with having positive emotions? No, there are good and bad people everywhere. Are people with spiritual beliefs generally more compassionate? Again, no, that's a generalization and not always true. Can meditation over many years enlarge the prefrontal cortex of the brain, region responsible for rational decision-making? There's still my research that needs to be done on that, since it doesn't only affect that part of the brain, but others. Again, there needs to be more scientific research. Can meditation shrink the amygdala, the structure, a structure known as the emotional or fear center of the brain? It's possible, but long-term research still needs to be performed. Without asking any more questions about how meditation can affect the physiology of the brain, is it just a matter of more scientific research being necessary? Correct, yes, at this point. There's still a lot of correlations, but it hasn't been fully proven yet. Can meditation enhance high-amplitude gamma brainwave activity with high-frequency gamma waves correlated with states of heightened awareness and bliss? That's what many people believe, yes. Is it important to, is it important to start a day with thoughts of gratitude? A hundred percent, yes. Can companies with spiritual values perform better and have more fulfilled employees? Not spiritual values, but instead of forcing someone to believe in something, making it so each employee can believe in what they want to believe in. Regarding Hindu beliefs, is there a one or pervasive supreme being who is both imminent and transcendent, the creator, but, and, but unexplainable in our physical reality? In their belief system, yes, that's correct. Does the universe undergo endless cycles of creation, preservation and dissolution? There are always cycles going on, yes. Does karma exist, a law of cause and effect by which each individual creates their own destiny by their thoughts, words and deeds? It's for each individual to decide. So again, it depends on the person's individual belief system. Does the soul reincarnate, evolving through many births until all karmas have been resolved and moksha, liberation from the cycle of rebirth, is attained? Again, that's what a lot of people believe, but the idea of reincarnation is still a controversial subject. Is moksha a liberation from the cycle of rebirth similar to becoming an ascended master? That's what is believed, yes. Do divine beings exist in unseen worlds and that temple worship, rituals, sacraments and personal devotions create a communication with these divas and gods? Again, the problem is that this is based on a person's individual belief. So in many belief systems, yes, this is true. But again, it is for each person to decide based on what they believe. Is an enlightened master or satguru essential to know the transcendent absolute as our personal discipline, good conduct, purification, pilgrimage, self-inquiry, meditation and surrendering God? In certain belief systems, yes. Is all life sacred to be loved and revered with non-injury in thought, word, and deed to be practiced? That is 100% true where a life should be valued. Does no religion teach the only way to salvation above all others, but that all genuine paths are facets of God's light, deserving tolerance and understanding? Again, that could be said in certain circumstances. Regarding Buddhist beliefs, should the aim to be to escape suffering and be released from the cycle of rebirth, through reaching a transcendent level of enlightenment? Yes. 
can nirvana be reached, an eternal state of perfect peace, happiness and enlightenment? That's believed to be possible, yes. Is being reborn over and over determined by the fruits of karma, deeds and actions in the present life? In their belief system, yes. Can good karma be achieved by visiting a temple, making a donation or repeating chants to cleanse the mind from worldly desires? Again, in certain belief systems, yes. But again, just being a genuinely good person creates good karma. What can you say about the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism? One, suffering exists. Two, desire is the cause of suffering. Three, there is freedom from suffering. Four, the Eightfold Path is the way to gain freedom from suffering. Again, it's hard to say much since it's an individual belief system. So it's based on what each person wants to believe and if they feel drawn to believe in this more organized set of beliefs. So it's up to them if they are drawn towards these Buddhist beliefs. Does that also hold for the Eightfold Path? Correct. With with an ever-increasing population on the planet, can life previously expressed in other forms, animals or insects, for example, be now taking human birth? Again, it depends on each individual belief. Is there an influx of energy from other planets, realms or universes? There's energy everywhere. Can human consciousness manifest as a greater number of people than it did before? Yes and no, human consciousness is another whole discussion, but again it goes back to the oneness where everything is connected. Do around a quarter of Americans believe in reincarnation with with about 24% of American Christians expressing a belief in reincarnation? That's correct, yes. Where did the conventional idea come from that life follows physical birth, followed by death, followed by judgment to determine eternity in heaven or hell? Organized religion, so the information that was provided to them. So the information was provided without them having to figure it out themselves? Again, that goes back to the holy books, but it is not like they figured out the information themselves. These holy books in their mind came from somewhere. Is the conviction true that an imperishable soul exists in every human being that comes back on the earth after death in a new form? Or can the soul incarnate in other worlds or universes? If reincarnation is true, there's a choice of where the soul gets reincarnated. Why is the idea of karma so pervasive with some Christians believing in original sin, which could be described as shared bad karma? Again, it's this idea that for most people, they need a reason of why they are doing something. So, for example, if they do a good deed, they want some type of good outcome. So it goes back to, are you doing this deed as a pure good intention? Or are you doing this good deed for something to come back to you? What can we learn from Eastern religious beliefs surrounding spiritualism? That people are allowed to believe in whatever they want to believe in. So there is punishment sometimes for their beliefs, and obviously it is passed down through families. But there is a lot more openness about people switching religious beliefs or not following everything exactly as the elders did. So in Western Westernized religion, it's more of this, you don't have a choice. But again, it goes back to every single person has a choice of what to follow. What can people do if they want to explore their more spiritual side? Have those discussions that seem more scary and find people who are more like-minded. So there are many groups of people, and once you set yourself on your beliefs and really decide on what you believe in, it's easier to find people with similar beliefs. So having that support and also when having discussions about religion and spirituality, not making it an argument. 
instead listening to both sides since not every discussion needs to have a middle ground or a solution. That was the last answer. It's a concept that spiritualism is based on individual belief. Too good to be true. That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, it's been a real education this week. I think my mistake going into this was thinking of uh, Eastern religion like Western religion, that there was sort of a set of rules to follow and that uh, Eastern religion was only another version of Western religion. It seems to be entirely different. Well, we don't have much time here, so I'll mention our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with our first two spelled T-W-O and our Instagram page at T-W-O-G-T-B-T. We always would love to hear from listeners about different suggestions if you have any comments on today's show and i also want to mention if you are exploring spirituality there are so many resources on the web and even facebook groups there's support groups and there are like-minded people out there if that's what you're interested in so as always thank you so much to the listeners and we look forward to next week's show